Hello, and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and retired Air Force Colonel. Our guest this month is Chad Graham, grandson of Medal of Honor recipient Herschel Woody Williams and president of the Woody Williams Foundation. We are here with Chad Graham, who is the grandson of Woody Williams, who was our last living World War II recipient. He passed last summer, right? He, uh, he, he was honored to represent that foundation as the last, or, or that generation rather, as the last living recipient from World War II. Awesome. Well, we are sorry to have missed him, and uh, we, um, we're sorry that he has passed. We do miss him, and we are glad for his time on this earth and his time with us, with the museum, as we're doing that. But now you are the president of the Woody Williams Foundation, continuing his legacy. Can you tell us a little bit about the Woody Williams Foundation, please? Absolutely. Um, and, and it is a, the honor of my lifetime to serve in this role. Um, years ago, uh, my grandfather, we as a family, uh, had always been raised to think about the sacrifices that had been made so that we could have the lives that we have as Americans. I remember as a kid riding down uh, backwoods roads in West Virginia and we'd see something beautiful, a beautiful farm, and he would point it out and say, son, you know why we have these things. It's because men and women have sacrificed so that we can be free and have those freedoms. So it was always something that was a part of the fabric of our family. and. To him, it was a, a realization that had been a long time coming that we as a society have not done enough for Gold Star families. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the impetus of the foundation is to, is to really recognize and honor those families and the sacrifice of their loved ones. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how the foundation started. That's excellent. Now, so a lot of people have probably heard the term Gold Star. Um, and I know, like, I'm familiar with seeing those, uh, the, the blue stars in the windows and stuff like that. Can you tell us what a gold star family is? Absolutely. And I think a, a way to, to explain that as a part of Woody's history is important. Um, before he went in the Marine Corps, he was a cab driver back in Fairmont, West Virginia. And a part of how the War Department at the time uh, delivered that terrible, tragic news to these families was via telegram. Mm -hmm. So as a cab driver, Woody was delivering the worst news that this family would ever receive. And of mm. course, once again, this is prior to any kind of military training, any kind of uh, background for him that would have been helpful to deliver that. He was just a cab driver delivering these telegrams, letting these folks know. And so that blue star that you mentioned being in that window, that mm. would then be turned to gold. And so that was a term that was applied to these families who have sacrificed one of their own so that we can all be free. And that was, that was something that, that he carried through his life and once again has become a part of, of what we're trying to do at the foundation. Right. So the Blue Star meant that somebody had somebody serving in the military or was somebody who was forward deployed? Someone, someone who is deployed serving in that family. His, his family, for instance, uh, fortunately all three boys came home, mm -hmm. but there were three Blue Stars hanging in that window. And so there were so many families, of course, in, in World War II, um, unfortunately, that had that gold star. And so that was to signify to right. the community that, that someone in that household had laid down their life for a freedom. Right. Well, I love that he's paying back with the, honoring the Gold Star families. And you've done a lot. The Woody, Woody, Woody Williams Foundation has done a lot of monuments to, to Gold Star families uh, around the country, correct? We have. We, there are uh, 118 that have been dedicated to date. Uh, we have almost 70 others that are in some part of the process in, in progress uh, to get that done. And I think that's a testament to what we 
what we haven't done in the past that we're doing a better job of as yep. a society to, to yep. make sure that, that we honor those sacrifices. And I think to watch it grow, um, obviously is, is something that, that energizes us, but it's not because of what we're doing. It's because it needs done. Right. Right. No, I appreciate that you're picking up that legacy and that's something that was important to your family. And again, honoring those people. And I love, again, the, the kind of the bookends of your grandfather being a cab driver, delivering that news. And now that his legacy continues on honoring the people that have gotten that news or are getting that news. So absolutely. Um, so thank you for that. So where's a good place that we can find out about the Woody Williams Foundation, aside from the Google and the Bing? Well, yeah, exactly. As Woody would say, Google it. Yeah, when Google, he had a question, Google, Google it. it. <laughs> um, WoodyWilliams.org. Woody you can Williams. find out about the foundation. And of course, I think one of, one of the pieces of, of Woody's personal legacy in history and it's something that, that I think I have heard as someone growing up around these great men as recipients, um, but something that he shared often was that he wear, wears his medal, wore his medal, um, not for what he did, not for his actions that day uh, back on Iwo Jima. It was for those two Marines specifically that laid down their life for him and all that did not get to come home. So I think that tie between Gold Star families, the importance of telling the stories of those families and their loved ones is, is so importantly a part of, of the Medal of Honor Society and, and all of these recipients and a part of that message going forward that'll be a part of what's in this museum. Right. Well, so speaking of the museum, which is the Mission Inspire podcast is to talk about all these, the, the stories and the legacies of the Medal of Honor recipients. So tell us your connection and how's the Woody Williams Foundation and having this Venn diagram with the National Medal of Honor Museum? I think it, it, it's a, a good segue talking about the medal um, in that way, because each one of these recipients, as they wear that medal proudly, honorably, um, there are so many families connected to their personal story. And then there is a whole segment of our recipients who were obviously presented those medals posthumously. So I think that's something that um, I'm confident that the museum's gonna help tell those stories. Because so many times folks maybe uh, with, with the kind of intoxicating personality of Woody, uh, it was very easy for people to latch on and, and to learn those stories. That may not be true of posthumous recipients of now 160 years. Uh, and I think the museum's role in telling that story and the impact that's going to have, we think about our youth and what our youth needs right now. And that education piece and being able to tie to that is very important. Yeah. So speaking of the youth, as we have people that come and go and visit the museum once the doors are open, especially the younger generations of Americans and even foreigners who come visit the museum, what do you hope they'll leave the museum with? Like, what will they have gathered from that time in the museum? I think my hope is, is well-founded because I've seen it in action. Um, my hope is that they walk away seeing their ability as all of us, ordinary humans, but to take away those lessons that they're learning and applying them to their life. And I think that's such an important piece of what recipients, when, when you see them interact with students, and I think when the students interact and, and young people and everybody that visits the museum, when you see them interact with the stories of these recipients, there is that common thread of you are talking about um, that bravery, that above and beyond the call of duty, but it is still a human being. And that human connection is what I hope that everybody sees when they're there. And then they can apply those 
kind of uh, virtues to their own life. That connection and application, yeah, that's really powerful. That's awesome. Now, do you have military service in your in your life? Do you? Have- I, I do not. I, I did not have the honor of serving. Um, of course, our family, even with with the current generation that that is my younger generation, um, we have uh, one of the great grandsons that's in the Marine Corps, Cedar Ross. Oh, fantastic! Um, and then my first cousin, Brent Casey, uh, served in the Army in Desert Storm. And then, of course, my grandfather um, with his service. And and so it has been a part of our family. Like I said, I didn't have the honor of serving, um, but I do think it's very important that all of us do something to serve. Well, I was just going to say, you, you are still serving. I mean, it's just a different uniform that you wear. So thank you for what you're doing to not only to kind of protect these Gold Star families and also to tell the stories of all the Medal of Honor recipients, but also, again, protecting and preserving and promoting your your grandfather's legacy. So It's an honor to do it. Yeah. Well, you, you sounds like you're doing it very well. So the, the 118 uh, memorials that are up to Gold Star families, but um, and then the 70, you said, that are still 70 in, progress. in, in the progress. That's, and the that's hope a lot that- of work. Well, it is. And, and, and the, the interesting thing, you know, the, the very first monument was dedicated 10 years ago on Woody's birthday. So October 2, 2013. So in 10 years, you've seen this growth. One of the things that he and I spoke often about, even in, in the last few days that we had him, is that each one of those monuments is the beginning. So that's not the end game of these projects. It's to, to be that forward operating base in these communities mm. so that it becomes a, a fabric of the community. As they pass it, it's something that sticks with them, that they can say, our community uh, had, a, had a hand in this, and we're doing the right thing. And, it, and it's, it's not as hard to do the right thing, I think, as people make it sometimes. Yeah, right. and, and stepping forward is definitely a part of that. Um, one of the things that I think we, my granddad, would joke about being voluntold to do something. Oh, yeah. But when you see something that needs done, and, and you hear somebody, someone should do something about that. You're the somebody. Exactly. When you notice that, it's time it's time for you to step forward and, and do that work. What was that old poster that'd be like, you know, somebody said that somebody should do something and it was a job that anybody could do, but nobody did it. Or I, That's what it reminds me of, but right. you're absolutely right. So if you were listening, you are the somebody that needs to do that thing that you think that anybody should do and nobody's doing. So That's right. Well, and I love that you talk about how the, the monuments or the memorials or any kind of physical structure that we have is the beginning. It's a big beginning of a conversation it's the beginning of a connection it's it's the beginning of it's it's the beginning of a conversation that needs to start happening about anything that any way you can conserve any way you can promote these values that these peoples and these amazing humans have laid down their life for and um and for our great country and all these things too now i feel like this might be a little bit of a biased question but one question we ask everybody is is there any one particular, and so I'm going to add the caveat to you, is there any one particular recipient besides your grandfather whose story um, inspires you? Well, that's a tough one. I know. That's what we're here to ask the tough questions. Um, and, and this is the God's honest truth, every single one of them. Um, when I'm looking for that motivation, you can pick up a book and read those stories. And I think that's another important part of what's going to be done with the museum is those stories are going to inspire because now you have that permanent access right. to it. Right. But for me, I, I think early on, I'll go with an early early uh, story of, of when it really had an impact on me. I was 13 years old. It was at the uh, inauguration of Clinton, and we're sitting back in the hotel, and at that time we had many more recipients living. And I used to love to draw as a kid. And I'm sitting there drawing on my little pad, and Desmond Doss 
comes around the corner. And of course, he and my grandfather had a really special friendship, uh, not only as obviously the two, two men that wore the medal, but they were both chaplain. That's how my grandfather became chaplain of the society. It was handed to him ah, from Desmond. Okay. So they had, uh, because of their faith and because of that connection, a really special friendship. And so I was always um, eager to, to get to spend time with him. But he sat down with me and spent probably 20 minutes just asking me what I'm drawing and what I'm interested in. And it was a conversation that I'll never forget. But that connection to him, and for me to think as a just a little hillbilly kid from West Virginia that Desmond Doss would sit and take the time to speak to me about what I'm interested in and what my goals cool. are as a kid. I mean, that is incredibly yeah. powerful. And so I, I see that now, especially I'm, I just turned 43. So um, Happy birthday. Thank you. Okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was two days ago. Oh, um, but seeing uh, recipients that are in my age group, you know, it's 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 encouraging to see the way that our younger recipients are so honorably taking up the charge yeah. of um, those like my grandfather that, that have passed on but have left that – that legacy and, and, and it's something that I think we were talking about this last night at dinner. Um, it's it's a legacy that generationally you see recipients hand down one to the other. Um, General Vandegriff, who was the commandant of the Marine Corps when Woody uh, received his medal, that was the stop they made as Marines after Truman puts the medal around his neck. And my granddad always said he was shaking like a leaf. And, and the, there's a great photo of Truman with his hand on his shoulder after he had put the medal on my grandfather. And my grandfather always said that he thinks he had his hand on him so he wouldn't float off the ground. He was shaking, <laughs> he was shaking so, so profusely. He said, but the scariest part of that trip was going to see the commandant. He said, besides God himself, the, yeah. the commandant. Not the president, was, not the POTUS, but the commandant, yeah. yeah. You know, the POTUS was, was special, but when he walked in the commandant's office, he said it was like talking to God himself. And something that A.A. Vandegrift said to him um, he said, you never do anything to tarnish that medal. And so from recipient to recipient, and of course, Vandegrift um, received his medal from actions on Guadalcanal. He's passing that not only as a commandant of the Marine Corps, but that connection between this young Marine yeah. and the commandant, yeah. because they both wear that medal. Yeah. But you saw this passing of a torch to say, yeah. carry this honorably. And and you see that, of course, it it's interesting to see the human side of all our recipients and of course when you're a family member of you kind of you, get the you have a different perspective behind the absolutely, scenes absolutely. experience um it's hard to explain or characterize um what this very unique characteristic is with all these recipients um, because it is very unique yeah it's also interesting to see them um as as human beings Mm -hmm. and to see generationally how that that common thread that binds them that is so unique that you can't explain right. doesn't stop true. it doesn't stop with these generations um and, and so i think as as our generation gets older and it's something that i think you've probably heard from recipients um often they hope there never has to be another medal of honor because we hope that we don't need to have that kind of combat and so they, they all hope that is the case and if we never have another recipient from today forward, those special, unique characteristics need told. Those stories need told because now more than ever, our, our society, our country, they, they need that. And I think for, for these men um, 
to be able to tell those stories and inspire those next generations hugely important. Yeah. Well, and I love that. I love that you have a story where from the age of 13, somebody took an interest in it, you know, just so happened to be a Medal of Honor recipient. But the fact that someone's taken an interest in something that you're doing, and I think we discount a lot of younger people, but, you know, this is the kind of the reminder to anybody listening that there's value and impact you can make when you take notice of something and just kind of live outside of yourself or somebody and just say, hey, what are you interested in? Tell me about yourself. So, of course, I want to know, what were you drawing? Uh, probably horses. We, we, we're, a, we're a horse family, uh, so to speak. Woody got us into the horse business. That was the family business. Uh, my brother is still doing that. Um, part of, one of the dreams of my granddad was to, to and my grandmother uh, was to have a horse farm. And so they built the farm that my brother uh, has, has taken and still runs, and it started out as a little five-stall hobby-type operation, and it became another career for my granddad. Nice. Um, and now there's about 120 horses. Wow. Uh, that, that are under the, the management of, of the business. Royal, Royal Winds Farm is the name of the farm. Cool. And, and there's, there's great, great memory of my grandmother showing me a picture of the farm before I, before I was living, and everything was drab green. It looked like a Marine Corps barracks. Uh, and, and so my grandmother said to Woody, and she was so wise. They were, they were the perfect complement, one to the other. Um, and, but she was also wise enough to be a very smart Marine wife. And she said to my grandfather, Woody, this is not a Marine barracks, but it would look beautiful if everything was Marine Corps red and white. Oh, so and it's this very idyllic red and white stables, beautiful place. But it was funny to see, uh, you know, those pictures. When was everything green? (laughs) And I mean, dump trucks, shovel handles, house, barn, everything. (laughs) But we made it Marine Corps red. So well uh, done. Absolutely. So the Marine is the the Marine Corps still represented there, but just in a in a in a different uh, way, a brighter hue. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Chad, thank you for your time today. I appreciate that. And I love I love the energy and the spirit that you're carrying on um, for your grandfather uh, and for all the recipients and all the Gold Star families. That's, you're doing great work, so appreciate it. And thank you for your time with us today. It's an honor to do it, and, and thank you for having me. And for folks who want to learn more about the National Medal of Honor Museum, you can type in mohmuseum.org. Or if you want to learn about the Woody Williams Foundation, you can go to woodywilliams.org. So that's mohmuseum.org for the National Medal of Honor Museum and woodywilliams.org for the Woody Williams Foundation. That's it for us today. Join us next time on the Mission Inspired Podcast.